You're listening to Trucking Questions from the Audio Road with Kevin Rutherford. This is the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. You can ask questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, tax, technology, or anything else about the business of trucking. Here we go. Let's head on down the audio road. Welcome to the program. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. The number to join us here on the air, 8888-ROAD-DOG. We're, uh, the show, well, it's all about the business of trucking. If you've got questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, getting started as an owner-operator, finding freight, working with brokers, financial planning, retirement accounts, you name it, we'll tackle it here on the air. All you have to do is pick up the phone and give me a call. And uh, we're going to get to those calls in just a little bit. I, I saw a great quote today. Uh, by Seth Godin. Seth is one of my favorite authors. Talks a lot about marketing, but he gets much more into business ideas, lots of things. He, I've said many times, I read a ton of stuff every day, newsletters, blogs, all kinds of things. But I'm not always consistent, except when it comes to Seth Godin's blog. I make sure that it gets delivered to my email inbox every day. And, and it's the one thing that I read every day. And, and he literally, I think he writes seven days a week. I don't think there are many days I miss. And some days he does too. But they're short, sometimes a sentence, sometimes a couple paragraphs, maybe a page at most. That doesn't happen often. So it is the one thing I read every day. His quote today, um, I thought was just excellent. Here's what it is. It's not really a quote. It's a, a, some advice. And the advice was where to start. Start your first business this way. Begin with the smallest possible project in which someone will pay you money to solve a problem they know they have. Charge less than it's worth and more then it costs you. So yeah, you're going to make a little bit of profit on this. You're going to charge more than it costs you, but you're going to charge less than what it's really worth. That's a great way to get started in business. It really is. Um, and then he goes on to say, you don't have to wait for perfect or large or reverend or amazing. You can start. Great advice. Now, I feel kind of fortunate because somehow... And I don't know how, somehow I must have instinctively known this because this is exactly how I've started every one of my businesses. In fact, I went a little bit further and sometimes I charged certainly less than what it was worth and I even charged less than what it cost me. There were times where I did things for free just to break into a market because I couldn't think of any other way to do it. Uh, for example, when I wanted to, to uh, start speaking and giving seminars, I had no experience. I had no education. I had no real background, no reason why anybody would hire me to speak or give a seminar. And I didn't know how to get started. Well, at the time, I, I was really learning a lot about taxes and owner operators, and that was kind of my specialty early on. So I thought, even though nobody knows it, I do have a lot of knowledge about this area. But 
how do you prove that to somebody? I, I don't have an accounting background. I don't have an accounting degree. I don't have a tax background or a tax degree. I taught myself all this stuff. So nobody really puts much faith in a self-taught, you know, tax expert. And I certainly wasn't calling myself an expert, but so I, I couldn't see how I was ever going to give some, unless I put on a seminar myself, I looked at that as really expensive and I didn't have a lot of money at the time either. So that wasn't an option. I could have saved my money and maybe I would have gone that way, but I saw a quicker way. For me, the quick way was just volunteer to do it free. Not only did I volunteer to speak free, the first time I really spoke in a, a seminar type setting um, was at the the Louisville Truck Show, the, the uh, Mid-American Truck Show in Louisville, and it was in, I'm um, thinking the mid-90s. Uh, maybe 96 might have been the first year. And not only did I do it free, I paid all my own expenses to get to the show. I didn't even ask for expense money. I just paid my way. Uh, ultimately... I ended, I, I still do that seminar today, by the way, um, sometimes once a year, sometimes twice a year, and I've been doing it ever since, the late 90s, it, and there was a time where I got paid over $6,000 for a three-hour seminar. I still do it today. Uh, I don't do it free anymore. Well, sometimes I do, really. It, you know, speaking is kind of a strange thing. Sometimes there are other opportunities to monetize, uh, but for the most part, I don't speak free anymore. In fact, I, I many times now put out kind of an outrageous price because I don't have time to do a lot of speaking. And many times I get paid it. I'm always shocked when I do. But what a great way to get started. What great business advice. And Seth Godin has, has so many things like that. He boils things down to things that are clean and simple and easy to understand. So if you're not following Seth's blog, you should. You can't. It, Type in Seth Godin in Google. He's everywhere. If you're not reading his books, he's got like, I don't know, 17 or 18 bestsellers. Uh, I've read them all. Great stuff. It is a lot about marketing. So if, if, if you're interested in marketing and if you're interested in business, you really should be interested in marketing. He, in my opinion, is tops. Number one, uh, when when it comes to marketing. Let's see. We should probably get to some phone calls. Let's start off in Alabama. Richard, welcome to the program. Good evening, Kevin. Uh, I got a question about uh, lift axle and also on gear ratios. First, on the lift axle, I'm a guy pulling a spread axle trailer flatbed, and I've got a uh, homemade lift axle on it, which all I did was cut the lines and put a dump valve, I mean, a release valve on it where to take the air out. And I let all out of my truck trailer, drop all the suspension, took a chain uh, around the axle, and then put the air back in their other suspensions and see that one done. But yeah, I think, that, re uh, real quick, I, I think that's, you know, a, such a great, nice, simple setup, inexpensive. What did that cost you to do? Uh, it cost me probably about uh, 11 or $12. <laughs> and And a couple hours of your time, right? Yeah, yeah. I, and what I did, I took two square... Uh, um, I think it was three eighths inch steel plates, uh, probably about uh, three inches or four inches in uh, square, and 
and cut a piece of chain and, and uh, took the calf chain and uh, put the other chain back in and welded it to it. Yep. And bolted it to my uh, suspension, uh, my cross member frames on my on my trailer. But uh, it works good. It takes me it takes me roughly about maybe uh, by the time I dump my hair. Uh, when I walk back there, uh, it's ready for me to walk, uh, crawl up under there, hook the chain, and come back out. Yeah, great uh, probably stuff. Less, probably less than thirty seconds. Excellent. But uh, I've been noticing that my um, my ABS light is coming on. Uh, would that have anything to do with that axle being up? And uh, when I go to stop, it's not as recognizing that it might be sliding or whatever. I think that is why it comes on. And and I don't know if there is a fix for that or not. Um, I, I keep meaning to look into that because I, I know we've talked about that issue before. I'm 90% sure that's why it's coming on, but I'm not sure if there's a fix for it or not. And the reason why I asked, because I didn't know if that was the problem, do the suspension, do the lift axle suspensions that they make for the trucks, put them on, is there like a disconnect on those two on those two abs sensors uh when they put those in when they install those in or is it just something that's going to happen i would think and again this is an area where i need to go back and do some research i would think that if you went to a trailer manufacturer like great dane and they install a lift axle you know they have factory kits to do this I would think that if they did it, they would have a way to overcome the ABS thing. But again, now, you know, that might be a great question on Facebook, but it's certainly one of the things on my list I need to go back and and get some answers for. Okay, uh, gear ratios. I got a a, a Detroit engine. I got a, my transmission is an RTX. 16709 B as in boy, P as in Paul. Uh, the, I guess it's an 8-speed or 9-speed with 9-speed nine, nine being overdrive. Yes. Um, I, I got 358, I believe. Yep. Uh, I believe I got 358 rears. No, I got 355 rears. Okay. Um, it's really hard in, in the mountains and all, and uh, my Average fuel mileage right now for this week is uh, 7.5. Uh, I know it could be better, and I'm wondering if uh, if I could go up to a 370 or maybe down to the 279 on this and still be still be pretty good. Okay, hold that thought. The music's playing. I'm going to get to a break, and when I come back, we will talk about that and give you a couple options. Stick around. We'll be right back. Check out the website. It's letstruck.com. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. We are, uh, we're going to get right back to some phone calls. Let's head off to Oregon. Vern, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. How are you doing today? Good. What's on your mind? Well, my uh, online Cascadia had the uh, check engine. Oh, wait a minute! The, uh, hey, Vern, Vern, sorry, I, I had a, uh, I had an Alzheimer's moment again. Got distracted by a shiny object. I was going back to Richard in Alabama. Vern, I'll be right with you, Richard. I'm back. All right. So here's the thing, boy. You know, uh, thirty seconds, thirty seconds, and I, I can't. I got a lot going on today, but so here's the thing. Um, 
is it I didn't recognize the model number of that transmission. Is that possibly a nine speed convertible? Uh, I don't think it is because I called the uh, KW uh, place and they said uh, they said it's no, but they sent me to I think a transmission shop there in Jacksonville, Florida, and they said it wasn't. Okay, uh, I'm kind of hoping that it is, but uh, it's a BP. Uh, the last letter's on it, so I don't, I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I, I would do a little more digging if I were you. It's probably not if the transmission shop, like I said, I didn't recognize that model number. It's not a real common transmission, but I would double check yeah. because convertibles are so nice. It's a couple hundred bucks, and you got a thirteen speed, and your problem that you're facing right now goes away. Because you've got that yeah. that gear in in between instead of that big jump. Now with right. this transmission, I wouldn't rec- recommend the two seventy nines because unfortunately, what happens is you really turn that transmission into an eight speed, and ninth gear becomes unusable. So y- okay. you almost make the problem you have now a little worse. So we don't want to do that. We we would pick up a little bit in fuel economy by running in direct, but it, it just becomes a little too undrivable for me. So what I would say is depending on the speed you like to drive most often. Uh, is this a pre-emission Detroit? Yeah, pre-emission. Okay. 2003, and I, and I normally like to drive between uh, 58 and 63. Right now I'm having to drive 63 because that's where my best – Fuel mileage, right, but I normally like to keep it around 58, 60, around there. Yeah, 370s are probably going to work really well for you. I have that same combination with 390s, and I love it, but I drive 57 all the time. I mean, I, I just don't yeah. ever need to be in a hurry with what I do, um, and, and that's yeah. not always the case. When you've got freight on, sometimes you've got to drive faster. I get that. So I think for you... The 370s would probably be a better bet. They're, they'll, they'll let you drive 57, 58 miles an hour all day long, get great fuel economy, and you can even run up to, you know, 68, 70 even without – I mean, at 70, you're going to be pretty high RPM, but we're not going to do it all that often. It's not going to be high enough to hurt anything. Uh, and at 70 miles an hour, it really doesn't matter what gear ratio we put in there. We're not going to get any fuel economy anyway. What's that going to do me in the hills? Oh, you'll love it in the hills. I mean, the truck will pull better than it does now. Okay, good. I think that's what I'm going to do, Jim, because I'm struggling up up the hills and everything. Doing good going down, I'm struggling going up. Now, and, and here's the other thing I would have you consider. If you were to look back at your operation and say, you know what, I only had to go 70 four times this whole year. And other than those times, I really stayed under 65. You might want to consider the 390s. I mean, at, at, at 57, they get killer fuel economy. They pull like crazy. They, you just really don't want to run them above 63 all that often. Okay, yeah. All right. I'll check into that, Dan. All right. So that, that'll that give you a couple options. The, uh, the 370s will give you a little more flexibility to go faster. The 390s, I think, will actually give you better fuel economy at 57 and pull better, but you're really not going to want to run them fast very often. Uh, so gives you a couple options to look at. Let's head off to Texas. Mark, welcome to the program. 
Kevin, how are you today? Good. What can I help you with? Uh, well, I was listening to the program this weekend, and you were talking about... Oh, Mark, stories. hold on. Oh, I... I told Vern I was coming back to him. That's probably why you chuckled when I answered your call. Ah, Vern, it's your turn. Kevin. Oh, somebody right. better help me here. I'm out of control. That's okay. Well, had check engine and the engine malfunction lights coming on uh, the last couple of weeks. And they came on hard coming into uh, Salt Lake. And the uh, truck decided that it uh, wanted to do a park regen on top of it, which it couldn't do because of the other problems. No nine Cascadia DD fifteen. So here we go. Yeah, I'm sitting here thinking, uh, oh my goodness, Kevin's going to be telling me I told you so. <laughs> no, I try not to use those words because I know how annoying they would be. <laughs> so pulled into Freightliner in Salt Lake, Warner Truck Center, and uh, gave him the truck for a few days, and they uh, they've got my problems cured. Good. The lights are off. The- Fuel mileage is back up where it's supposed to be. I want to reach something right off of the bill. Okay. Let's see. Found active code, la da for EGR valve actuator, follow advanced troubleshooting tree. Ah. Put some thought into this. Well, see, I love that because a couple of years ago, uh, I, I went to some of the, you know, top technicians and engineers, and I found that there are clear troubleshooting methods for all of these problems but they're mm-hmm. they're somewhat complicated i i mean i went through them. most of them require that the technician get in the truck with the computer and go down the road and monitor certain things and do tests while it's driving and yet i i saw that was the process and yet you stand in a shop and watch truck after truck after truck come in with egr problems nobody ever gets in them and rides around well, you know, it's the same sort of thing we used to do with the military radars that worked on in the Air Force. And it, lo- it looks like they've put some time and trouble into uh, um, training the technicians and uh, developing the troubleshooting techniques. They ended up replacing my wiring harness. We didn't, tr- we didn't shotgun the parts. They replaced the uh, upper engine wiring harness. They found some uh, corroded uh, connectors and uh, rent. A broken pin on the uh, motor control module, and they threw in a uh, uh, fuel pump uh, to boot because it was leaking a little oil. But that's where I'm at. I've got a good truck again. Excellent. What shop was this? This was Warner's Truck Center in um, Salt Lake City. It's a Freightliner shop. Excellent. Because I'd, I'd love to start sending work into the shops that are actually doing things right. And. We- I, I just, I don't care if they're advertisers. I don't care if we get paid for it. I want to send people to shops that are doing things right. Yeah. They did it there, and I know I was going to try to get back to Springfield, Missouri. That's where I got my relationships built with Springfield Freightliner and Central Detroit there. They do a real good job, too. Excellent. So I went into Warner's, and I've got a good truck again. Fantastic. I, 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 if we could start seeing more of that. I, I would certainly start leaning towards, you know, thinking about some of these trucks. I don't expect that trucks won't break down. Trucks are always going to break yep. down. All I expect is that we can we can get them fixed in a reasonable amount of time with a reasonable amount of money and not have repeat problems over and over and over. Well, it's a start. 
It is. I'll be at the CMC, and we can go back over this again. Uh, I'd love a little bit to later on this year and see how we're doing. Excellent. So, thanks for the feedback. I love that. And and those when we find shops that that are getting it and learning this stuff and figuring out how to fix trucks right, I'll send everybody their way. Let's head off to Texas. Okay, Mark, it's your turn. Okay, Kevin. <laughs> um, I was listening to the show this weekend, and you were talking about the uh, Social Security tips yeah things that you can do and i wanted to ask you how can we get those and do we have to read the whole social security code or uh no well you, well version or you would right now but i am in the process of putting those kind of ideas together and i've actually found a couple reports where somebody's already done a lot of the work so i'm not going to have to do as much as i thought i was going to in the beginning in the beginning when i was looking at the code and I started to see some of these possibilities, I started mm-hmm. digging further and doing more Google searches and things like that. And I started coming across some reports where people have already done this. So I don't have to reinvent the wheel. I'm just going to gather Good some deal. of these up and I'll, I'll um, what I'll probably do is put them into like an ebook format, like a PDF kind of thing. It, and I'll make it available mm-hmm. for free. We'll just put it up on the website where you can download it. So I'm hoping to get it done um, over the holidays, maybe have it out in January. Okay. I lost you. Uh-oh. You, can you hear me? Oh, there you are. Yeah. Yeah, there you are. Okay. Yeah, so I... I, Okay, great. That'd be super. Yeah, it it looks like I should be able to knock this thing out in a day or two because there there are people out there that have done a lot of the work already. So I just kind of need to format it and get it up in a PDF and we'll make it downloadable. Okay, great. All Uh, right. You guys have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, too. You too. Merry Christmas. Thank you. I'm going to get to a break when we come back. We're going to get to more of your calls and questions. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. Interesting thing. I was just sitting here uh, during the break and checking out a couple of my emails. And I had, you know, talked about Seth Godin and I just got an email from him. And it is, uh, he's calling it his end of year book and audio roundup. Uh, So it's kind of a recommended reading list from Seth Godin. Here's the interesting thing. I read a ton. Uh, and, and I've been really good the last couple months about reading. I've been getting in a ton of reading time. And he's recommending 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 books. And I've only read one of them. And, and it's actually his book called Lynchpin is on his list. Um, that's the only one of these books. So I've already got about 20 in my reading list, and it looks like my reading list just got a lot bigger. Um, if you want to know what, what's on this list, just go to Seth Godin's blog. I think uh, even though this was an email, it should be posted up on his blog as well. Let's go ahead and get back to some phone calls. Let's head off to Pennsylvania. Lee, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. How you doing? Good. What can I help you with today? I have uh, low pro 24, uh, five drive tires now, and 
I decided not to buy a new truck. I decided to repaint my truck and uh, put money into it instead of paying taxes or buying a new truck. Good. And uh, right now it's getting painted with a new Jones Performance hood and everything. And they have to trim the hood with the tires. So I was actually thinking about going down to a low pro 22 five tire okay. instead of the low pro 24. Got it. And I was just curious on what you thought the gain would be there. You know, there it, 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 there's not an absolute gain. And the reason I say that is because a couple things are going to change here. Uh, not only are you going to a different size of tire, you've also, you're probably also going to go to a different tire, a different model. But even if you don't, just the fact that we change sizes in, in a tire changes rolling resistance. But... Right. Any time we change tires, we want to seek out the the lowest possible rolling resistance of a tire that fits our operation and and does what we need it to do. So we want to make sure it's a tire that works for us, but then we want to search for the lowest number. So the gain would depend on what tire, what specific tire you're coming from and what specific tire you're going to. well, see, that was going to be my next question because the, I, I switched from a flatbed to a step deck a couple of years ago. Okay. And my fifth row height was too low. Got it. So I put a set of drive tires on that I had that were standard 24.5s. Going to them standard 24.5s, and they were an older Goodyear tire. Uh, I'm sorry, Bridgestone tire. I lost a full mile to the gallon. I'm not which surprised. Which I knew I was going yeah. to. Yeah, and I'm not surprised. And you knew it. Yeah. Right. Now, right. But I had to somehow try to level the trailer. And my point was I was going to switch the fifth wheel at the time, and I kind of got lazy. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. now the tires are getting wore out. So I'm going to go ahead and buy a new fifth wheel, new stands. And um, I'm gonna, I, I've looked at all these freaking tires, and, I, and it blows my mind. There's so many different ones. I know. My problem is I run from Wisconsin to the East Coast back and forth. I'm 80,000 all the time. When I'm in Chicago, Wisconsin, two or three days, I'm picking up pieces, and then I drive five, 600 miles, and then I spend two more days unloading pieces. Right. So I, I, I'm half afraid with, to go with a fuel efficient, a really, you know, like the X-Line, or Energy Line tire. I'm afraid they'll cut because I'm in and out of places too much. So I, I thought about actually going with like an XEE2 steer tire on my drives a more regional kind of tire yeah the the regional tires will stand up to that scrubbing better and that given given your operation that that a big part of what you do on both ends is is almost more like local i mean it's not even regional i mean at that point you're almost running kind of a local operation with a lot of turning and in and out of parking lots and a lot of scrubbing I think you're on the exact right track. I think that's the tire I would choose as well. Okay. Um, now, if, just say, for instance, I had the XEEs already on there in the low pro 24.5. Would you say I'd gain maybe one to three tenths on, on fuel going from the 24.5 to the 22.5? Yeah. Pros? Yep, that's about exactly what it would be. The rolling resistance would change some which would affect the fuel economy in a good way. The rolling resistance will get better on the smaller tire. We also have a smaller and lighter rotating mass, and that actually makes a difference as well. It doesn't take as much energy to turn that wheel assembly. Uh, So that's an advantage. And 
we're now the other factor that we kick in and we don't know whether this will be positive or negative yet, but we will in a second is your RPMs are also going to increase now. Okay. Whether I, or not that's I a good thing ISX or a bad thing. We don't know yet. Sorry, go ahead. Well, you were going to go I ahead and give ISX me your specs. A, I have the ISX with a delete kit. Okay. Good. Um, so they want me to keep the RPMs up. So I think it's going to benefit me right now. I run about 57 mile an hour everywhere I go. Oh, then um, yeah, I can tell you right off I'm the like bat. 1400 RPMs. Yeah. It, this is going to be a good positive move for you all the way around. I, I think you're going to get back at least that mile per gallon you lost. Wow. Okay. That's actually great. Now, one other thing I wanted to ask you, and I know this is going to make a big difference if we can figure it out. My trailer has uh, the, the, the big axles under it. It has the outer inner inner bearings are the same size, which I would have thought would have been a lower rolling resistance on, as far as the bearings go. I put all brand new bearings, seals, drums, everything on this trailer. And I don't care how I adjust them bearings, unless I leave them extremely loose, there's way too much drag on them. And, and ever since I bought this trailer, it seems like it's pulling an army tank behind you. Um, are those oil bath? Yes. Okay. So we've got lightweight oil in them or we've got oil in them. So no, the actual, synthetic oil in them. yeah, if anything, I would think the, the two, uh, heavier bearings and, and that's what we want, you know, to reduce, uh, the inside wear, the flexing, the overloaded bearing on the outside. But I would imagine that there's probably a little more drag with that setup, but I wouldn't think it would be that excessive. I mean, I wouldn't think that you would really feel it that much, but it sounds like you do. It's terrible. If, if I jack up one of my drive tires and I spin it as hard as I can with one just hard pull, it will spin about four revolutions before it stops. And I actually marked the tire with a piece of chalk and I would spin that tire. It would make three and a half to four revolutions before it would stop. Now the trailer tire, now we're talking, uh, 255, 70 or 22, five. So they're the smaller step deck tires. Right. I spin that tire as hard as I can. It won't make two revolutions. Do you, do you get anywhere near Lincoln, Nebraska very often? No. Okay. And the reason I, I will go there if it'll benefit me. <laughs> well, you know, the reason I say that is is Eldon, uh long, long time listener of ours, great friend. Uh, we've worked with him on a ton of stuff. You know, if I had to pick one person um that really kind of gets this, he's done a lot of research into it. We've played around with different oil combinations and bearing adjustments and he he gets it you know he knows what we do here i would probably say if i thought i had a, an axle that wasn't the way it should be he'd probably be the guy i'd want to take it to okay i noticed from the day i hooked into this trailer i, I had a a um written hours flatbed and that when I was empty, it literally felt like he wasn't even pulling a trailer. Yeah. And I was actually getting seven and a half miles a gallon. And when I bought this step deck, my fuel mileage dropped probably six to seven tenths the minute I plugged into it. Something's wrong. And when I pulled out of, yeah, when I pulled out of the parking lot, I'm like, dang, this thing, I mean, I understand it's a steel trailer, but 
it just feels like I'm I'm loaded when I'm empty. Some, and it, and it's nothing to do with the brakes. Right. The air, I back the brakes completely off. Yeah. Something's wrong. It's the I, same thing. I, I would say if it's not, you know, uh, too much trouble, you know, if you could get to Lincoln, you know, let Eldon take a look at that. He'd be the guy that I'd have the most confidence in that if something was wrong, he'd figure it out. What's his company name? You know what I'll do? Um, I'll I'll put you on hold. Lisa can give you all the information, phone numbers, all that stuff. But that's the guy that I would take my trailer to if I had a problem, I think. He's he's really good at that kind of stuff. And he'll take his time and he'll – because I don't know where this might be. Is it a bearing issue? I don't know. Um, so I, I'd give him a shot. Oh, there's the music. That means we've got to get to a break. But we've got more stuff right around the corner, so don't go away. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Check out the website. It's letstruck.com. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're down to the final segment. So I'm going to get right back to some phone calls. Let's head off to Tennessee. Mike, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. I was... uh... Want to try to figure out what kind of rear end ratio I need to put in this truck. All right, let's let's talk about it. Eighteen speed, wide base singles, and fourteen cannons. N fourteen, nice. All right, and uh, what? Oh, eighteen speed. We've got wide based. Got an N fourteen. Tell me a little bit about your operation. What kind of trailer and freight? Uh, just general drive in. Sometimes I got a reefer I pull once in a while. Okay. Kind well, of general freight, really. What part of the country do you spend most of your time in? Uh, mostly southeast and a little bit of midwest. And how fast do you like to cruise? Uh, about sixty-five is about the fastest I go. Okay, and the slowest that that you cruise at. About 60 on the, on the big road. Okay, so we're going to stay between 60 and 65. With that operation and an N14 and an 18 speed, I would the, – the toss-up here is either 264 or 279. Um, if you spent more time at 60 than you did 65 – then I would say the 279s. If you spend more time at 65 rather than 60, then I would say the 264s. It, it's your borderline. You're right in between. Either one is going to work. To tweak it, it, it really depends on where you spend most of your time, what speed. Now, that 18 speed, is that a, like, six, I'd run that thing in 16th gear for direct drive. If I wanted yep. to slow down a little bit, say run 55 to 60, could I run it in 15th? Would that still be in direct drive? Uh, no, 15th is actually what's considered an underdrive. So 18th is overdrive, 17th is overdrive, 16th is direct, 15th and everything below it is what's considered an underdrive. Uh, and and underdrives can be efficient gears. That's not a problem. Um, but we really don't want. I, I don't think we would need to. If you want to go slower, if that's your, if that's your thought process, that yeah, I, I'd like to go slower sometimes. Then let's go with the two seventy nines. The two seventy nines would let you run 
55 miles an hour in direct 16th gear all day long, get great fuel economy. You have 17th where you could easily go 65 all day long. And you'd have 18th where you could go 75 all day long if you wanted to. Okay, you don't you don't think that, uh, of course, you know how it is. I've had different people say, hey, you, you'll lose lose your pulling power and stuff like that. I don't, I'm still kind of trying to wrap my head around the direct drive. Okay, let me explain that because those, let me explain that because those people are absolutely ignorant of the facts. They don't understand how a driveline works together. They All they know is what they've heard over the years that 390 gears pull like crazy and 336 gears go real fast. That's, that's the extent of their knowledge, really. Anybody who could say that, that's all they know about gears. But that's not even a quarter of the story. First off, we have to know all the things I asked you before we talk about gearing. The engine, the make, the model, the freight, the part of the country you're going to drive in, how fast you want to drive. But then we also have to know that the transmission gear, final gear, or whatever gear we're going to drive it in, has a huge impact on the gearing. And the tire size has a small impact on the gearing. So when we match 279 gears to a direct drive gear in the transmission that would outpull three seventies in an overdrive. Okay. That same people, I guess that, uh, flip flopped on the, when I put wide singles on this three seventy nine beat, they told me I was crazy. I put the zero offsets and I ain't had a bit of trouble. I'm getting six and a half for an average. If I'm loaded light, it's, no big deal to see seven miles to the gallon. Exactly. Though, so, you're right. Those are the same people. They're just ignorant of the facts. What they know is what they've heard on the CB, what they've heard at the lunch counter. They they really just don't understand what they're talking about. They think they do. Yeah, they have a lot of opinions, but they don't really have any facts. Yeah, I, I had them tell me I'd have clearance issues and everything else, and I dropped this thing down to 22 fives all the way around for, you know, different reasons, like right. the tears, so I can run them on the trailer and stuff. So, yeah. okay, well, that's all I was needing to know. Yep, that, that will be a – you'll love that combination. 279, you can run 55 to 60 in direct all day long and get your best fuel economy, but you still have flexibility to run up to 80 miles an hour if you want to. Great setup. Let's go to Louisiana. Karen, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Got a question. Okay. Um, our boss last year went in with me. Okay. Finally brought into my idea of the OPS system. All right. Put it on the two trucks. We blew up one of them. Okay. Still had it on the second truck. And we're in the second truck. Okay. Okay. He did not see the um, financial gain in it. Well, let, okay, let me ask you why. Because, Look, uh-huh. because here's the thing. Before we put an OPS on a truck, what was the oil change interval before? 15000 Yes. Okay. So, and how much were you spending on an average oil change? Um, 400 Okay. $400. After the yeah. OPS went on. What you were doing your services at 25,000 miles, right? Yep. And what was the cost of a service? Because, for example, when I stopped 
doing full oil change services, I went into my shop and I we sat down and we looked at it. We said, okay, here's what I want you to do when my trucks come in. You change the OPS filter and you pull the sample and then, you know, we'll do the paperwork and send it in. And, you know, I want you to, depending, some of my trucks had Davco. So if the filter wasn't full, we didn't change it. So we didn't have to mess with a fuel filter. Some of my trucks had auto, almost all of my trucks have auto lube systems, so they didn't have to grease it. So it would be an inspection. I did want them to look everything over and a couple service points. And they gave me a price. They said, okay, you know, we'll do all of that for 75 bucks. And then I have my sample cost and my filter cost. It was less than a hundred bucks usually. So now for you, when you go in at 25,000 miles, what are you paying for a service? It was 225. Okay, excellent. So if, if before the, the device, every 15,000 miles, you spent $400. So, and how many miles a year do you guys run? 150,000. So 150,000 means that under the old system, you would be doing 10 services a year at $400. Nice, easy math. That's $4,000 in services before the OPS. Now you are doing six services at $225. So now we're talking about six times 225. Now we're talking about $1,350 a year in services. How can you not tell the difference between 4000 and 1350 I don't know. You can't fix ignorant when it comes to Yeah, this is just, this is just numbers. It's just numbers. It's just okay. math, and it's pretty simple math. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay, so he didn't see the benefits, okay? He blames the OPS system for blowing up the oh boy. truck that we blew up. Oh, okay? so we, oh, we kept the oil really clean, and that blew up the engine. That's a new one. Correct. That, that was good, I thought. Yeah. And it just gets to a point where you get tired of talking to a brick wall. Do you think, you would, and, do you think you would ever you come know, on the show with me? Do what? Do you think he would ever come on the show with me? No. No. No, he wouldn't even talk to you at Matt. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I I can help a lot of people. I do. It's what I do every day. I love doing it. I can't help somebody who has a closed mind like a steel trap. I, I just can't uh, until they're willing right. to open up their mind and at least listen. Then there's not much I can do. Right. So we took off the OPS system off the second truck that we're in now. Okay. This thing is a chattering fool now. And we checked the oil the other day because it just came out of a PM service, all right? And the oil has got gunk all over the dipstick. Oh, that's not good. Okay, and like I said, it's chattering. And I even noticed that it was overfull. And it kind of just hit me just a minute ago before I came on. That it's probably the fuel delusion because the last oil sample showed high fuel delusion. Or I'm thinking it's coolant. Have you had to add any coolant? Nope. Okay. The reason I was thinking is coolant. Coolant tends to gunk things up. Fuel tends to thin things out. So, but 
But again, we're only guessing, and I don't like to guess. You know what I want. I want an oil sample. So I, I don't know what to do with your boss. I really don't, other than get a new one. I'm all out of time. I've got to get out of here. Thanks for joining me. We'll see you back here next time. Check out the website. It's letstruck.com. I'm Kevin Rothbard. Be safe. Be profitable. Do the hard work and master the journey. I'm Kevin Rothbard. Good night, everyone. For tuning in to the audio road. If you have any questions, give us a call at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Check out the website at letstruck.com and find us on facebook.com slash letstruck.